The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, everybody. Welcome to a Saints Happy Hour podcast Wednesday edition. Andrew, this one is free because of SeatGeek.com. Go to SeatGeek. They have a great app. It, the deal tells you green deal. It's a green light. It's a good deal. Yellow light. It's an okay deal. Red light. It's a bad deal. Um, and you get use the code ACAA. You get twenty dollars off your first purchase using the app on SeatGeek. Do it now. It's awesome. It's the best app to find the games, the events, the concerts you want to go to. Uh, SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the ticket. All right, Andrew. So today we're going to start out with our Wednesday edition. It's the uh, NFC South free. Uh, what what teams have done this off season, right? Um, so I want to start with Atlanta. I don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I like that statement. Um, you know, it, they're interesting in that, you know, they lose Tevin Coleman. And so now, like, I think the first thing is they're really doubling down on Devonte Freeman having a good year and you know, he's coming back from an injury and he, he may be washed. So it's going to be interesting to see because that offense, like with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, like it's starting to age a little bit. Now you've got Calvin Ridley, who's a great player. But, yeah, I mean, the story of their offseason is really just this offensive line shuffle. Yeah, I did. Um, Uh. So, yeah, Atlanta, I just feel like with them – I feel like they are with with what they what you mentioned. You know, they lose Tevin Coleman, the offensive line issues. I feel like they're in a really – fragile situation um you know scott pioli left right and the super bowl sort of hangs over them even more now yeah they bounce back they 28 to 3 we had our fun jokes right and then they made the playoffs and they they you know they went out to la and they won and they almost beat philly so it felt like they were okay but last year they regressed and i just feel like with them it's not so much that Dan Quinn isn't a good coach and that their overall record isn't successful. But you look at him and, you know, he's a defensive coordinator and he's cycling through defensive coordinators and their defense sucks. And to me, Andrew, if you have a defensive guy as your head coach and your defense is terrible, or on the flip side, if you have an offensive guy as your head coach and, and your offense is terrible – then your ownership looks at it as like, why do we have you here? Your your specialty is supposed to be defense, and you're not winning. What is the problem? And and I think he could be on more fragile ground than people think. I agree. Um, I mean, I, I, I actually follow the Falcoholic, um, and you know, I, I always am interested, especially during football season, when I feel like the Falcons are struggling. I like to go over there to see their fans melt down. And so, you know, it, it's kind of like a ritual I have when the Falcons are doing poorly <laughs> that I like to see them melt down on Twitter. But, um, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, it's kind of like you said, 
Dan Quinn comes from the Seahawks. He comes, you know, from being their defensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl and had that vaunted defense. And so I think in a lot of ways, the whole vision there is, well, we can score the ball. We have Matt Ryan. We have Julio Jones. So if we can just get a guy to come in here and fix our defense and give us high-quality defensive play, then we're going to have a team that complements itself well and we're going to compete. And, yeah, I, I think Quinn has oddly been similar to the up-and-down, topsy-turvy career of Sean Payton. In other words, I think like the Atlanta's always pretty solid on offense. Um, but, you know, and it's the years where their defense is pretty good that they have a good team and they make the playoffs and then – uh, when the defense falls apart, they're a seven and nine kind of team like the Saints were. No, and I think I mean think of the Saints if in 2014, 15, 16, if the offense was as my kid as my kid comes to screening wanting his cartoons. If you would have thought if if in 2014, 15, or 16, Andrew, if the Saints offense had been 25 or lower, the pitchforks would have been out for Sean Payton. But oh, because yeah. the offense has always been good, we were just like, fix the goddamn defense, right? So I just look at Atlanta. I think they're more on more fragile ground. And then I look at Carolina, Andrew, and I think they're in the same situation because the owner – they've switched ownership groups. And, and, owners, and owners want to, to hire their own people, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think – ownership group you know it's it's their baby now and you know there's a big question about cam newton i think with the with the panthers now and he's coming back from injury and so he, he's already been kind of struggling performance wise but i think if he continues to just look like a shadow of himself then they've really got a question like is rivera and cam newton you know the future of this franchise because you know right now to me carolina is an aging roster. I mean, you look at Thomas Davis is gone. Luke Keekley is not, I mean, he's still good, but he's not what he used to be. Um, and you know, they don't have kind of that killer defense that they used to. Um, and so I just look at the Panthers an aging defensive squad an aging quarterback and offense that is way too predictable and lacks creativity. Um, yeah. you know, Christian McCaffrey is going to have to have a monster season for them to do. Anything. And I just wonder, I wonder with Carolina, like, they signed the center from Denver with the broken leg, and they lost Funches, and they've done some stuff on their offensive line. They traded up for the guy from Ole Miss, offensive lineman that I really like, Brown, uh, in the draft, and they drafted the guy from Florida State. But I look at them, and they have a segment of their fan base, Andrew, that has always wanted to chase Cam Newton out of town. And I know that sounds weird from afar, but they had a f- bunch of people in their fan base that wanted Derek Anderson to play over Cam Newton, and they drafted a kid, Will Greer, from West Virginia, who's from the Charlotte area. And I just feel like Cam Newton is not going to age gracefully. Like, and 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 we we hate Cam Newton. I said he's one of the Saints, the one of the players we hate the most, but we hate him because we fear him, right? Because when he's on, he's just a nightmare. But his body is going to fall apart, and he's going to go from whatever he is now or whatever his best was to terrible, and it's going to be like a snap of your finger, and it's going to be over. Uh, and well, I your, just think- com- your comment that I know it sounds weird, I-, I don't know that it sounds weird at all. I think I think all Saints fans see that pretty clearly, maybe too clearly because we hate him so much. But 
you know, I, I think it's one of those things with Cam Newton where, you know, it's great when he's running for first downs because on third and two or less, it's automatic. Like, he's going and he's getting that first down, which is great. But I just feel like Carolina, when they need to chuck the ball around and he's completing 50, less than 60% of his passes and a lot of times less, a lot less than that, you're just not moving the chains. And so you're having to punt. And because Carolina's defense isn't what it used to be, and they're not. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Not holding teams to under 20 points, that style of play isn't working for that team anymore. Yeah, I mean, and you look at them, and their receivers to me are still terrible. You know they have they have you know McCaffrey catches a ton but you know they have um, the Chris Samuel who's kind of a slash running back receiver type. I just look at them personnel wise and I don't see it and 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 all the things that they they the strengths of their team like you said are aging out and I just look at them and I just don't I don't I don't see a threat and I think they're gonna fire I think. There's a chance that Ron Rivera might get fired. The team that 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 interests me in the most in the NFC South is Tampa, because I think I, I hated their hire in a in a sense of I think Bruce Arians is a really really good coach. Yeah. So so I hated their hire. Their offense, their off season though, Andrew, they didn't sign anybody really that good in free agency. They Adam Humphreys left. They cut Gerald McCoy, and they signed Indomitian and Sue. Uh, JPP got in a car accident. Their defense was awful last year, and they tried to they addressed they tried to address to fix that. Devin White, I, we loved him at LSU, but you can't expect to infuse your defense with three, four rookies and, and beat and do well. I mean, the Saints did in 2017, but the reason it was we were. It, it was so it was a freak show is that that doesn't happen all the time so i look at tampa and i'm like bruce arians is good but are they going to be any better yeah i mean it's it's weird i i think tampa has the most promise of the three non-saints teams in the nfc south so you know like you said i like the coach um 
Roster-wise, I mean, I like Devin White a lot. I, I kind of like their draft, um, but, I, yeah, I just don't know, man. I, I still – I don't think there's enough pieces there, especially on defense, and I'm just not a Jameis Winston believer. Like, I, I think there's a chance that he'll have some good weeks and he'll play well. And he, he's shown that he can make plays in the NFL, but he's the black Jay Cut. He's the black Jay Cutler. Yeah, I he doesn't have he the same personality as Cutler. He can be four and one, and he can be hot, but then like he's just gonna have a two week stretch where he's just god awful. Yeah, and and they're gonna drop back to five and three, and then or four and three, and then you know I I just feel like with Jameis Winston as their quarterback, it almost doesn't matter who their coach is. It almost <laughs> doesn't matter who plays defense for them. Like he he's gonna run hot and cold, and he's just like a perennial five hundred player. He is. He's the black. He's the black Jay Cutler. He doesn't have the sulky personality of Cutler, but he has the. He can make a throw that you say, "Oh my God, that throw is amazing," and he can make an LOL throw the next play. You know. Um, you nailed it. Yep. So and and they have Indominus and Sue, and 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 I know that Indominus and Sue and McCoy are kind of statistic wise the same player. And they got suit, you know, they're going to pay Sue nine million, and they were going to pay McCoy thirteen million, so they save. But to me, Sue is the absolute worst kind of fucking player to put on a team that isn't probably going to win anything, because his effort was, if he wasn't motivated to play sixteen games for the Rams last year, Andrew, how the hell is he going to be motivated when Tampa's four and six? You know, he's not, he's not because, you know, he's getting paid well, he's fat and happy. And I I just think also when you think of Gerald McCoy, you know, he's a guy that's been there a long time. He's embedded in the culture. And, and, you know, I I just think when things are not going well defensively, he's a guy that stands up in the locker room and says, Hey guys, like this isn't how this is done around here. And he commands respect. And, you know, obviously that that's not to say that Tampa's defense really rebounded with McCoy in there because they were garbage last year. But I, I just think Nadamik and Sue, like if things aren't going well, he's just really not going to care that much. And if this team is four and five and, you know, all of a sudden people start pointing figure, fingers and saying, wait a minute, you make 10 million a year. You know, why aren't you playing harder? Um, I just don't think that's going to go well. So I think that signing is a very combustible and potentially cancerous situation for Tampa, depending on how their season goes. Now, if they start hot and, you know, then the NFL hype machine is doubling down on Jameis Winston and, you know, then I I could see Sue maybe being a positive. But I think if they're counting on him to be what McCoy was, I think they're going to be sorely disappointed. Andrew, since we're way over time, seven minutes, we're like double – I do this I do this review with you. I feel very very good about the Saints winning the NFC South even if they backslide into what I feel like they will. I think they're not going to win 13 games. I think they're going to backslide to about 9 to 11 wins. I still feel really good about them winning the South. Do you feel as good as I do about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think Tampa is trending up, but they have too many problems, and they still, in my opinion, have too much instability at quarterback um, to be counted on. Um, Carolina, in my opinion, they're aging, and they're, they're a huge question mark at quarterback. So 
I would say Tampa's or I'm sorry, I would say Carolina's on the on the downswing. Um, and then lastly, with Atlanta, you know, that that I, I still view them as the biggest threat because I, I think they do have an established and stable offense with a good quarterback and Here, good playmakers. Max. There it is. I'm just talking to my kid. <laughs> yeah. But but no, I, I think, uh, you know, Atlanta's the biggest threat. But, you know, it remains to be seen defensively if they can put it together. I don't I I, I have it. To me, the biggest puzzle is that they really spent all offseason focused on their offensive line when I'm not a huge believer in that defense. I just look at this team, and Andrew, I see – I look at the South, and I just don't see – I just don't see a team that's going – I don't see any team that's made a bunch of moves that – it can all work out. I guess yeah. Atlanta, if they got healthy on defense, that, I, that's what you're seeing. I mean, they're they're saying we're trusting that, you know, Trufant, who's a little banged up last year, but mostly, uh, you know, Deion Jones and Keanu Neal. Like we're we're trusting that those guys are going to come back, and they're going to be, you, we're going to be fine because we're going to get guys that were injured back. And you know, in my lifetime of watching the NFL, when you count on guys that are coming back from injury. And it's not one; it's like four or five. Uh, usually, that doesn't work out for you. But you know, we'll yeah. see. Maybe these guys will rebound, and you know. But usually, once you start getting hurt, you're you know either your play declines or you start getting hurt more. I'm gonna make a prediction, and then we're gonna get out of here. At the end of 2019, they will have at least one new coach, one new coach in the NFC South going into 2020. I'm. 100% certain. I think it could potentially be two, which would mean Carolina and Atlanta, obviously. But well, I'm, Arians, I'm, Arians and Peyton, I would say, are safe. Are so, safe. Yeah, I mean, you're really talking about Rivera and Quinn, and I would say there's a chance. I mean, I would say if both of those teams have to make the playoffs to save their job. Yeah. All right, everybody. So this episode was free because of SeatGeek. But get yourself over to Patreon. Sign up at the $3.28 level. And, hey, I'll make a deal with you people by the end of the month, Andrew. If anybody signs up before June 1st at the $3.28 level, I will send you a koozie and a magnet just like I did Andrew's dad who signed up this week all our family members have signed up except for my mother. So do it now. Get over to Patreon. Sign up. We will see you on Friday. <laughs>